It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up and welcome to Crossover Wednesdays here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks, joined by Bill Rossetti, the host of Locked On Panthers. Bill, how you doing? I'm doing well, my man. How you doing? Good to be back with you after a couple of weeks off or a couple of weeks separated, I guess. Not too, not too long here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's essentially uh, <laughs> twice in a month for us, and right? and yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm doing well. Still have that holiday hangover, and then preparing for uh, uh, Christmas bankruptcy. So that's that's always uh-huh. <laughs> that's always a blast. But yeah, it's um, it's interesting since the last time we spoke. You know, the the Panthers were, I mean, they were flying high. They were hot. Uh, they they beat the Buccaneers forty two to twenty eight, and yeah. since then. They haven't won. They're zero and three since the you know basically since the last time we talked. So, Bill, yeah. what's been going on with the Panthers? You know, it, it's been a couple of things. You know, we saw a couple of days after that Buccaneers game, they got schlacked by the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game that you know we we thought was going to be a shootout, and then the game started off so well, and then things just really got away from the Panthers. Uh, and as, as we saw, that game was ugly. Uh, pretty quickly and then you got to uh the Detroit game which was just a lot of missed opportunities uh the the one play really that that's the the main key I think especially in the last two weeks against the Lions and the Seahawks was a lot of missed opportunities uh the the one that sticks out to me against the Lions was the 80 plus yard catch and run by DJ Moore and the Panthers came away with zero points at the end of that drive because they missed the field goal. And then, of course, against the Seahawks, kind of the same thing. Uh, Numerous trips, actually seven trips to the red zone. And, you know, they did score touchdowns on three of those drives. But when when you think about it and when you look at everything that happened, that's not – that's a small number. It's it's not good enough, uh, especially considering they had – an interception in the red zone, a turnover on downs on the red zone. So really it's just a lot of the Panthers kind of shooting themselves in the foot. And I don't know if there's that urgency right now that they seem to have had in, in the first half of the season. And if that doesn't kick on soon enough and what's looking like a pretty tough schedule, I mean, this, this schedule is a lot tougher than it would have been if you had told me, if you had talked to me, say uh, two months ago, Mm-hmm. If, if they don't get that urgency back quickly, they're going to miss the playoffs, which which would be really surprising considering they started six and two. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at a Panthers team that still has four divisional matchups remaining here down the stretch, including this weekend with Tampa. They still have to play the Saints twice. twice. Somehow they've avoided playing the absolute juggernaut that is the New Orleans Saints. Still have Atlanta again. I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough road for Carolina to put themselves back in in playoff contention and kind of get back to controlling their own destiny. So it's 
you know, I know Buccaneers fans have have enjoyed it because as as I said off off air, um, you know, misery loves company, and and Bucks fans have been pretty miserable. Um, but you take a look now at at the way the Buccaneers have played since Jameis has come back again. I, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, you know, he's played six quarters in the last two weeks. In those six quarters, he has. Uh, he has four touchdowns. He turned the ball over one time, which was at the end of a game on a Hail Mary. I don't really even put that one on him. You know, over 500 yards passing. He had he had four consecutive drives to, you know, to get into the end zone against um, against the New York Giants. Comes out, you know, pretty much picks apart a San Francisco team. So Jameis Winston is is looking pretty good and He's now sporting a visor, which I'm starting to wonder, you know, I know a lot of people remember his Florida State days, you know, Jameis out there squinting and and all that. You almost kind of wonder, is that visor a prescription visor? Is he is he able to see a little bit better? But you take a look at his history against the Panthers. He's two and four, five touchdowns and nine interceptions in his six career games against Carolina. That's one of only three teams that Jameis has faced more than once where he has more interceptions than touchdowns for whatever reason. Also, he has six fumbles against the Panthers. So you're looking, you're looking at 15 turnovers in six games against the Carolina Panthers for whatever reason, he can't get this Panthers team figured out, but you start to wonder maybe he's getting it together a little bit. He's looked incredibly efficient the last four quarters that he's played the, you know, the last game and a half uh, in which they're one and one. So yeah, I don't want to say that that I'm I'm confident that the Buccaneers are going to win, but I think being at home helps. I think facing a Panthers team that is struggling is going to help. And if Jameis can continue to play as efficiently and as as intelligently as he has appeared to play over the last game and a half, I think they really have a shot here. And I agree. I you're right. They they seem to have picked things up over the last couple of weeks. Uh, they have been pretty good at home whereas the Panthers have really struggled uh, away from home they've only won one road game all season that was way back in week seven against the Eagles and that was at the time when the Eagles kind of started their little slump I guess I mean we, we know they've been kind of a roller coaster team all season but that was that uh, that big comeback in the fourth quarter where they scored three touchdowns but other than that they have not fared well on the road at all so yeah they're it goes back to like what I said earlier. This is one of those games now that if you had talked to me a couple of weeks ago, I said this was a, a pretty easy win, no doubt. This, this was almost a gimme. Not so much anymore. The Panthers <laughs> need to come ready to play against an offense that um, can pick the Panthers apart. We've seen now some of these offenses have their way with this Panthers defense as dominant as they look on paper. So, um yeah, I mean, if they're not careful, you know, you, you mentioned the numbers, but really, I, I think you're at a point right now where those numbers kind of don't really matter too much. I think this is almost like a, a almost like a clean slate for Jameis Winston, if you will. So this is going to be this is going to be a, a really intriguing game, I think, to see how Carolina can now kind of handle the adversity of having that three game losing streak and having all these difficulties that they've had on the road, can they 
put a stop to that in what has really become a, a almost a must-win game as they're now on the outside looking in in, in the wild card picture. We, we you know we kind of talked about their playoff hopes. The division hopes are gone because. Like you said, the Saints are a juggernaut. They they basically have that division now on lock. So it's wild card or bust. And like like we said off air, Carolina right now is on the uh, the short end of the stick in terms of that three way tie with Washington and Seattle. So you know they they they, they really got to step it up here. Like I said earlier, they really got to start showing that urgency here with five weeks to go. Yeah, and and I think if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm far more concerned with. Seattle than I am with Washington with Colt McCoy. Yeah, you know, I agree. <clears throat> running the Redskins, it's only a matter of time before they've they've eliminated themselves. So it's the it's the Seahawks you have to keep an eye on, and and they don't have nearly as difficult of a schedule as uh, as Carolina does. I mean, they still have the San Francisco 49ers twice. Twice. So in the next three weeks, yep. And then that's yeah. something I talked about on my podcast too. I, I I feel like Seattle right now is probably the favorite. You know, with San Francisco twice uh, and a home game against Arizona week 17. So those are three winnable games right there. So they win those. That gets you to nine wins, meaning Carolina probably has to at least get to 10. And I don't know if I see four wins on this schedule because I don't know if they're because that would mean they'd have to beat the Saints at least once. And I don't know if they're going to do that. So, yeah, I, I, I think they're in trouble here. And, you know, obviously the Buccaneers would love nothing more than to really continue that or really continue putting the Panthers in that downward downward spiral. This wouldn't be the final nail in the coffin, but uh, or I'll use a, a term I used on one of the other pods. I, I don't think the, the fat lady is, you know, they say it's not over till the fat lady sings. Well, she's not singing yet, but she's in the dressing room warming up and she's almost got one foot out the door ready to take center stage. <laughs> Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Well, Bill, before we move on, we need to uh, we need to talk about those good old days back when, you know, we were young and we were always, quote unquote, ready to go. Well, guys, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue, bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. 
just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bill, what are you expecting to see out of a Buccaneers team that now has Jameis Winston back again, as as I kind of touched on earlier? And they've been missing Levante David for the past two weeks. Quan Alexander is out for the season. Justin Evans has has missed the past couple weeks. Um, they they have you know a laundry list of injury problems on the defensive side of the ball. Deshaun Jackson is is unhappy and disgruntled. Um, you know what what are you expecting to see? Are you expecting to see kind of what we saw against the 49ers or? Or is that more of of the Buccaneers just basically beating a team that they should have beaten? How do you how do you see them taking the field at, at Raymond James? Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you are talking about a 49ers team that is in play right now for the number one pick in the draft. So, mm-hmm. in in the one sense, you're right. It is a team that they probably should have beat. But you know, you you also like seeing them beat teams like that the way they did because it's almost like what you're expected to do. What I expect to happen is I would think Mike Evans is going to wake up at least in terms of facing the Panthers, because you know, in the back of his mind, he's got to be thinking about how shut down he was in the first meeting by James Bradbury. I mean, he only had, one catch and that didn't come until the third quarter. So, you know, he's going to want to break out somehow. So if I'm the Panthers, I'm keeping every eye I possibly can on number 13. And like you said, you know, there's really not a whole, whole lot else going on on offense. I mean, the, the running game still really hasn't picked up a whole lot since we last talked. I know Peyton Barber rushed for a touchdown last week against the 49ers, but he still only had about, what, 47 yards on 18 carries. So that's not even three yards per carry. So the the running game looks like it's still an issue in Tampa Bay. So, you know, Mike, Mike Evans, Mike Evans has to be the guy. He, he can't have another one catch game if the Buccaneers are going to win this game. And obviously you, you can't let yourself get in the 35-7 hole like they did the first time around either. They've got to find a way to score quickly and, keep this game a lot closer and not have to rely on uh, mounting a big comeback like they almost did in, in, in the first meeting. So there, there's, there's a couple things they got to fix, but to me, it, it comes down to Mike Evans. If he b- breaks out of the slump that he was kind of in, you know, however, however you want to say it, or for lack of better words, if he's able to step up 
and even just slightly improve, even just a couple more catches is is a big improvement from from the first game. So I, I would imagine Jameis is going to really rely heavily on him. And, and I expect the tight ends to get involved as well. I, I, I think we've continued to see that the tight ends have had a little bit of success against this Panthers defense over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, OJ Howard was pretty darn good the the first time around and Cameron Braid has had his fair share throughout the season. So I, I, I it really comes down, I think, to those. Three. I, I think if they can get those three involved pretty heavily, I, I think the Panthers might have a little bit of a difficult time stopping those guys and, it should be a lot closer. This offense should be a lot better than they were the first time. Yeah, of course. In that in that first meeting, it was the Adam Humphrey show. Um, and too, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, and and of course we know Jameis likes to rely on that tight end position. He and Cam Braid have a have a great chemistry and a great rapport, which which helps with the fact that you know OJ Howard is is done for the year with that with that. Uh, ankle sprain or the the MCL sprain, whatever they officially diagnosed it as, but um, yeah, you you see Jameis utilizing as many weapons as he can. He likes to dump it off to Barber and, and Jaquiz Rogers out of the backfield. He of course will always look for Mike Evans, but Humphreys is getting more involved. Chris Godwin is getting more involved. Cameron Braid is getting more involved. The only guy that's really not involved is is Deshaun Jackson. For whatever reason, those two continue to not be able to connect. Um, you know, I have my theories on it. Um, but if if Jameis can spread the ball around, you know, I, I do think it comes down a lot to Mike Evans and his ability to, you know, outperform his his earlier performance against the Panthers, which he should be able to do essentially on, on one reception. If it's, if it's like that 44 yard reception he had against San Francisco, you know, that, that connection is, is sound it's square, but it'll be the decision-making that Jameis has to do getting the ball to the other guys, getting it to Godwin, getting it to Humphreys and braid and, and Anthony Auclair and, and whoever else he, he wants to use. And then as, as you said, getting that running game going two weeks ago, Peyton Barber, was averaging more yards per carry than Saquon Barkley did. He had over a hundred yards on, on the game. He looked good. He was just dominating running up the middle. Then in a, a game where he should have dominated again, he was, he was doing well running up the middle again. Then they start running stretch plays. They start running tosses. He's getting hit for losses because this offensive line just, you know, this, this team for whatever reason can't block on these runs to the outside, then we don't see Peyton Barber for you know a full quarter, and then he pops back up again. It's just it's very confusing how they use him when he plays so well when he's in there, especially running up the middle behind Ali Marpet and Ryan Jensen. So, you know we we need to see for the Buccaneers to have success. We need to see Peyton Barber be more consistently involved, getting those carries. And then, of course, the decision-making for Jameis as to when he's looking for these other targets. He's going to throw those those passes to Mike Evans regardless. In fact, that's probably where he'll find himself in a little bit of trouble forcing the issue, trying to get Mike the ball. But it'll be interesting to see if he continues this 
this uptick that he's had these past couple quarters and if the decision-making uh, and, and the mistake-free football can continue. I mean, just real quick, like, like I, you know, I understand like Mike Evans wasn't, it's not like Mike Evans wasn't, they didn't try to go after him. He had what, like a, 10 targets, I think that first game. Yeah, it, I, was, I, it was ridiculously high for the amount of production that he ended up with. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, credit James Bradbury, but you know, can Bradbury do it again is the question that, that that's really the big question for me is can Bradbury make it two straight weeks or, or, or two straight games against Mike Evans, completely shutting him down. I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll say that, you know, it's, it's actually going to happen. Well, you know, Bill, when I take a look at the, at the Carolina Panthers, of course, there's one name and one name alone that really pops into my head and, and, should strike fear into the hearts of, of Buccaneers fans everywhere. And that's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this, this guy just does it all. There's, there's no, there's, there's no part of the Carolina Panthers offense that he isn't or shouldn't be a part of. He's a phenomenal running back. He's the Panthers leading receiver. He's just, he's an incredible mismatch for virtually any defense out there. And when you take a look at a Buccaneers defense that are without Quan Alexander, they've been without Levante David. They're relying on a linebacking core of Devonte Bond, Riley Bulla, and and uh, Adarius Taylor. That that's not exactly a positive thing for for Buccaneers fans to look at. So it could be another very heavy Christian McCaffrey game. And I think that's that's the key guy. They have to find a way to shut down Christian McCaffrey, or he is going to run rampant through this defense, just like he did four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You take a look at the receivers. DJ Moore is still kind of coming into his own. Uh, yeah. Very up and down, but you see the potential. You see the upside, and you you look forward to kind of – you know, Panthers fans are obviously looking forward to seeing – how he continues to develop. Um, and then defensively, of course, Luke Keekley is, is going to be Luke Keekley. It's one of the best linebacking cores in football. You know, they're mm-hmm. able to get to the quarterback. Their their secondary, as you mentioned, is is a little bit suspect, but they did a great job against you know Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson in the in the first meeting. So, I mean, what other kind of, of mismatches are you seeing that that really makes you think that the Panthers should be a a heavier favorite than you know the three and a half points that they're they're giving right now on the Vegas line. Well, and I'll go back to to something we talked about the first time you you and I got together, and that was kind of the you know other than Jason Pierre-Paul, but kind of the the lack of pass rush that the the Buccaneers have had, and the Panthers have done a better job over the last couple of weeks of. Protect, protecting Cam Newton, you know they they had a rough rough outing against Pittsburgh. I think Cam was sacked like five times against the Steelers, but they they held their own against the Lions. They held their own against the Seahawks. And you, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey, and my first thought was his performance is what made last week's loss that much more upsetting because it was basically a wasted day or they basically wasted a tremendous effort 
from McCaffrey. I mean, he actually a, a record day, really, because he, he was actually the first Panther to ever have 100 receiving yards and 100 rushing yards in the same game. And the, the Panthers lost by three points. So you're right. The, the, this offense still runs through him. But um, DJ Moore, I, I just continue to be fascinated by him. And I mean, it, we, we saw him in college. If you watched him in college, you already will have known or already would have known what kind of talent he is. It, it's, it was just taking him a little bit of time to you know learn the NFL game and get himself kind of it, it more involved in the offense. Uh, and, you know, De- Devin Funches is still a little banged up. So we saw DJ Moore continue to get more looks. And e- even if Funches comes back, I fully expect DJ Moore to continue to be uh, greatly involved in, in, in this offense. Uh, but like I said, the, the offensive line I thought did, did better the last couple of weeks. So it's, it's going to be about, uh, keep, keeping Jason Pierre-Paul at bay, keeping or continuing to keep Cam Newton upright, and I, I mean Cam, Cam Newton, you know, he only had a couple rushing attempts against the Lions. He got more into the swing of it against the uh, uh, against the Seahawks, but he, he's just, he's just got to get a little bit more consistent. You know, he's got to cut down on some of the mistakes because he threw a couple of killer. You know, one being a miss, Pat, you know, in, in t- regards to the uh, the two, the missed two point conversion against the Lions had Jerry's right wide open in the end zone and missed them. And then uh, you, you talk about the interception in the red zone last week against the Seahawks. So he, he's just got to cut down on some of his mistakes. Uh, other than that, I think there's. You know, you, you, you still have the talent. It's just going to it's just got to be a matter of just better execution because I think there's been numerous times where the execution just hasn't been there. And it goes back to what I said earlier. It's just a lot of missed opportunities. They can't, they, they got to stop these, you know, settling for field goals when they get into the red zone, you got to be able to punch it in on almost every opportunity you can. And I mentioned the, the Buccaneers can't get into as big of a hole as they did. The Panthers, if, if they can get out of the gate quick and get that big lead like they did the first time around, I think they'll be fine because they continue to start slow and kind of have to dig themselves out of the ground a little bit, as it were. So, you know, the the, the early part of this game is going to be so critical to, you know, the, the chances of Carolina winning this game, I think. All right. Well, Bill, before we get out of here, let's do our uh, our final score predictions. How do you see this one finishing up? Boy, uh, I, I'm torn, honestly. You know, I, you, you look at these teams on paper, and you, you just feel like the Panthers just have – they should be the more talented team, and, you know, they should be the favorite, but – it is a road division game, which we know is always tough. The Panthers are one and four against the road, and they they have they are on a three game losing streak. And I I could see, you know, there was a lot of points scored the first time around. I think you're probably going to end up the the same way here because uh, Carolina is going to move the ball on on offense. Uh, I 
feel pretty good about that because Tampa's defense has just continued to struggle. But uh, Tampa looks like they're getting a, a little bit of swagger back to them on offense. And I'll be honest, um, and, and I tried this last week being kind of the kiss of death. It didn't work. I'm going to try it again this week. But I smell a little bit of an upset here. I'm going to say Tampa Bay 35, Carolina 31. I'm 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 going to say the the road woes continue for Carolina, and they slip a little bit further back uh, in in the playoff race, and the the panic meter just rises a little bit more. Okay. I, I take a look at this and I, I look at a Bucks defense that is allowing nearly 17 points fewer at home per game than they are on the road. The recent struggles of the Panthers on the road, uh, the recent struggles of the Panthers in, in general. Um, I look at a defensive line that is starting to put together some pressure uh, Vita Vea really took off this past week against San Francisco. Three tackles for loss, a sack. You had Jason Pierre-Paul uh, become the first Buccaneer since 2005 to get double-digit sacks. Carl Nassib has been just an absolute wrecking ball. And I start to think, you know what? Shades of last week, not for the Bucks, but for the Panthers. And I will take the Buccaneers to win 30 to 27 on a last second field goal off the leg of Cairo Santos. It'd be deja vu. It'd be like deja vu all over again instead of uh, the old veteran. It'd be the young gun, the kicker. Yeah, well, and, and Cairo Santos is rapidly becoming every Buccaneers fan's favorite player because since joining the Bucks, he is he is perfect knock on wood for for you Bucks fans listening um you know for a team that has suffered so many kicking woes it's mm-hmm. nice to see someone be able to come out there and and you're not having a minor panic attack as soon as the ball is snapped because you don't know if it's going to go in or not uh-huh. so all right well bill thanks so much for some of your time really appreciate Absolutely. you recording with me tonight I've enjoyed it. Of course, everyone can check out everything the Bill is doing with the Panthers Wire and over at Locked On Panthers. Follow him on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti. You can check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks and at JRCO underscore Bucks. Bill, buddy, enjoy the game this weekend. It was a lot of fun talking to you yet again. It was, James. Glad we were able to, to do this again. I always like I said I always enjoy these crossover games especially the division ones we get a chance to talk for a second time so it was great talking to you again man yep you too and for all of you listening we really appreciate you hope you enjoyed it and thank you so much for joining us right here on crossover Wednesdays if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.